sea shanty. I mean, sea shanties. All right, so I just want to make it clear first. This is kind of my little plug. I did a video about sea shanties on my music channel the other day. So, oh, nice. I mean, it's it's a long one. So if people want to go through it, that's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So yeah. sea shanties generally. So technically a sea shanty is a work song. Um, but now mm-hmm. when we talk about it, when anyone talks about it, and when you see it on TikTok saying hashtag sea shanty, um, that's not really technically a sea shanty because most of them aren't working songs. Um, so right. the one that was really big at the mo- well recently is uh, the Weller Man. Um, well, technically, it's yep. not really a, a sea shanty; it's a folk song. So th- there really is kind of no difference there. There's there's no real difference between a okay. sea shanty and a folk song there. Um, huh. But yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I think sea shanties as a kind of term that well, you know the way we talk about now, I think they're great songs. That kind of a cappella vocal. Yeah. Um, and they're great songs, mm-hmm. great melodies. And so melodically, I'm not going to obviously get into music theory, but melodically, they're very similar to what you would hear in a kind of Scottish, Irish or English folk song. Similar kind of cadences, mm-hmm. similar rhythms. Um, we just kind of call right. anything. If you hear if you hear a folk song that's about the sea, we call it a sea shanty. That's kind of how it works these days. Um, right. But yeah, huh. no, I, I, I don't blame you for listening to sea shanties. They're, they're great. Welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and in today's episode, we're talking about music and agriculture. Here to help me talk about this topic is my guest, Jacob. I'm going to let him give his own introduction, so go ahead. Awesome. Thank you. So I do a podcast about music called Underrated slash Overhated, which is pretty much as it says on the tin. Um, sorry, that's a British saying. I don't know if that's a common saying in America, but um, yeah, basically it's about underrated music or overhated music. Um, so... Mm-hmm. You'll find me on all the platforms, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts um, and on tons of social media. I use the social media handle slash YouTube channel name Big Yellow Praxis, which is a pun on a Joni Mitchell song. It doesn't really make any sense, but that's what I rolled with. Um, but yeah, I, I generally just tackle music that I think is underrated or underappreciated in some way. Um and I just tend to chat with a friend or anyone really and just talk about a playlist I've sent them where we talk about a band or something like that. Um, but it's a simple podcast, I think, but it's, it's, uh, I'm quite happy with it. You know, it's enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to talk about agriculture and music today. It sounds fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I'm happy to have you on. And I think this will be a, an interesting topic. It's definitely something I haven't covered a whole lot because um, for my podcast, I usually try to cover agriculture as an industry but also how it ties into different aspects of life i usually do like movies video games tv you know books but i haven't really covered music yet which is one i'm really excited about because i'm really passionate about music too and i kind of you know i've i've I've, i wouldn't say necessarily study music but i've you know kind of looked into you know music history and that kind of stuff it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to me so it's kind of something that i think would be a really fun episode so yeah yeah for sure i i listened to one of your previous ones about uh kind of hypothesizing about uh was it moisture farming in star wars and i i did i liked that yes that was good (laughs) so yeah yeah definitely definitely looking forward to this conversation yeah for sure so before we get started i do have a couple questions first one what is your favorite genre of music or what genre do you tend to stick to the most oh i i I really (laughs) like to make sure that i resist the temptation to be the person who says 
all kinds of music because that's not an answer. Um, so <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two kind of answers, I guess. So the first one is folk music. I love folk music, all kinds of folk. You know, whether it's Bob Dylan, who's kind of He's popular music in a sense, or whether it's like trad folk. Mm -hmm. It tends to be like Anglo, Irish, Scottish folk music and mm -hmm. North American stuff. That's what I really like. And rather differently to that is progressive rock music, particularly of like the 70s. Um, and it's it's probably the nerdiest genre there is. Um, um, <laughs> but I really love it. So there's bands like Yes and uh, sorry, Yes, Pink Floyd, King Crimson, bands like those I really mm -hmm. love. Um those are the main two, I would say. But beyond that, I like all kinds of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I can definitely, I can definitely get behind that. I'm a big fan of folk music myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I've, I've uh, more recently gotten more and more into it. I just like the the whole like Irish culture is very, something that's really interesting to me. So I've been kind of getting you know really into that. But um, I'm also a fan of you know uh, progressive rock and, and 80s rock and roll mm -hmm. and you know um, like country and blues and you know that kind of stuff. And so like. Typically, people tend to not think of all of those as being connected, but actually, as we're going to find out in today's episode, they have a common ancestor. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the the interconnections between them all is kind of mind-boggling when it comes to it. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely... Because mm -hmm. obviously, I know music history to some degree, but the specific agriculture link is... It's one I'm vaguely aware of, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely going to fill in some gaps. So yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So, and then the other question I had before we get started is, uh, what, if any, connection or, or history or experience do you have with agriculture? Yes, that's a good question. So, generally speaking, I've always... So, in, it's quite a hard one to answer in a way. I mean, so where I'm from in, in the United Kingdom, the area I'm from is a very agricultural area. And I've always... I went to school with lots of, like, sheep farmers and stuff, which is the kind of primary agriculture of the area. So... That's, that's obviously not a particularly, having gone to school with people like that isn't necessarily a very close um, relationship with it, but it's always been there. Um, and beyond that, I've always been interested in the environment and things like that. So obviously environmental impacts of agriculture, you know, it's a big issue mm -hmm. and it is becoming even more so. And now I work within, uh, it's called Forestry England, which is basically our forestry commission mm -hmm. for the country. And so that's a little, that's obviously not, the exact same as agriculture, but more broadly, it's silviculture, and there are relationships there. We own a lot of land, for example, that we rent out, for example, to sheep farmers or well, all kinds of people who primarily raise livestock. So there's always a close relationship there. And again, that environmental uh, angle is always something that's interesting to me. So certainly not a prof direct professional relationship with agriculture, but there's lots of like tendrils that kind of link up with it in different ways. Sorry, that was kind of a, a long rambling answer, but it's kind of many different ways that aren't full or direct. Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You, you definitely have, you know, at least some level of connection, which is awesome. And, and you know, you also have the same uh, connection that everyone else has that they often forget about. You know, I ask people, uh, what agricultural background do you have? And they always say, oh, yeah, no, I, I don't have any. I grew up in the city, no, nowhere near ag. But they also forget that they eat food and they wear clothes and that they live in a house. Yes. And so they, they have a connection to agriculture through that as well. Yes, so. yeah, yeah. But it's funny what you say about growing up in the city, because I, I grew up in a city and when, when I grew up there, I thought it was, you know, a big city until I moved away and saw the rest of the country and realized that, no, I was I was as much of a country bumpkin as um, the farm is it, <laughs> farmers from where I was from. So 
Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't pretend to be a proper city boy, although technically I'm from a city. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's great. So yeah, you're you're uh, you're uh, right along with me. I mean, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I came from. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, a, it's technically a city. It's a very small city, mm-hmm. but it's an agricultural you know area. So we have a lot of dairies. We have a lot of cornfields. You know, almond trees, pistachios, mm-hmm. cotton. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then I just moved away to you know to a, a significantly larger city for college. And I got here. and I'm like, oh. I didn't know the city's got this big. Like, I mean, like you see them in TV and stuff like that. But like, until you're actually there, you're like, oh, I I came from a very very small town. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that was exactly my experience as well. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. So on the topic of agriculture and music, so I'm curious on. So you said that you you've you know briefly studied music history and, and that sort of thing, and that you're a fan of of progressive rock and of folk mm-hmm. uh both of those genres specifically have agricultural roots now I'm, I'm curious on how much you know about where those roots are yes so it's a hard one isn't it because there are many 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 ways in which those links i mean so my knowledge will be quite general but i'll kind of throw it to you i mean so folk music generally again that's quite a broad category but if i'm sticking to what i know what i like which is that mm-hmm. anglo irish scottish tradition of folk music you know there's mm-hmm. workers songs songs about working and that can cover all kinds of jobs but you know obviously historically a lot of agriculture um things to do with uh obviously the kind of religious festival link with folk music and the turning of the seasons and harvest time and things like that that's a tradition which will be I'm pretty sure that will be global. I can't obviously talk to, like, I don't know, Polynesian mm-hmm. folk music, but I would imagine that it's everywhere in some form. Um, and, I, well, I guess there are, you know, what you might generally categorize as quite leftist folk songs that, you know, these days might be about a specific government. Back then would have been about peasants revolting against a, um, mm. a kind of iron-fisted uh, noble or something like that. I mean, there, there are so many links that, you know, I guess you go back a few hundred years and everyone lives on the land, I guess, more. Mm-hmm. I I think it's true to say that, you know, we, have, we probably have like 50 times, let's talk about Britain specifically, 50 times fewer people who are working in agriculture than we did maybe 300 years ago. That's kind of, that's a complete guess, by the way, so tell me if that's wrong. But it's, <laughs> it feels like it would be generally that. So, yeah, I would assume that you go back only a few hundred years and it's hard to not find a link between folk music and um mm-hmm. and uh, agriculture specifically the progressive rock thing yeah. i think is I, I won't get into that but i'm i find it harder to find the link there even though i, sh- I should probably if there's a link there i should know it, but I, I can't think of it off the top of my head yeah so so to, to address uh well i'll address the progressive rock one first so i'm going to get to that but the link there is a little bit uh, less clear because there's a few steps you have to go through to get there first. Yep. Folk is is almost entirely directly linked to agriculture, like you said. Most of them were you know working songs, or there were songs about class revolt, or their you know like their um, harvest you know festival kind of celebration songs, or you know their religious you know like so a lot of their songs are are directly linked to agriculture, or they're at least like um, you know like the songs are descendants of songs that are linked to agriculture kind of thing. Yes. So you know the style of music was derived from agricultural work mostly, and like you said, it, it applies to other work too. But like it was mostly just kind of like hands on you know in the fields kind of kind of work that inspired a lot of that and so and i wouldn't be able to tell you in terms of the uk like how many like if you were to go back 300 years how 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 difference in population is connected to agriculture i can tell you from the u.s standard Mm -hmm. um in 
Uh, right now, about less than 2% of Americans are actively involved in food production. So we have mm-hmm. like, I mean, relatively speaking, we have next to no one working working in food production. We have all, you know, we, yeah, we yeah. do have a lot of farmers. And we have a lot of people working in agriculture. But like compared to how many Americans we have, that's not a whole lot. Like, yeah. whereas if you would have gone back even, you know, 50 to 100 years and you talk about 300 years, but if you go back even 50 to 100 years, there was a lot more agriculture. I mean, like a lot more farms, a lot more farmers, a lot more people involved in the industry, people um, like a lot more generations staying involved. Like right now we're about two, like the average American family is like two to three generations disconnected from agriculture. That means like, you know, they don't, they may not have a grandparent, uh, you know, involved in agriculture, but they might've had a great grandparent. So it's kind of yeah. like, like they're, they're pretty out there, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of, in terms of their connection to the land. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I can imagine it's, it's probably similar for, you know, for the UK and, and maybe I'm sure the numbers are slightly different, but I'm sure that there's a, a similar trend there. Yes. Yeah. I would assume the general picture is vaguely the same. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is, you know, as, as kind of the, the point of my whole show is those, you know, those people who are so disconnected, they have so much more of a, of a tie back to, you know, their, their agricultural ancestors that they don't tend to think about. And, you know, in today's example of that is through their music, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there are people in the UK who, you know, who, who, who listen to quite a lot of, you know, folk music and who listen to, you know, um, especially like a lot of like the more like European style and like rock bands and that kind of stuff and, and progressive rock, like, like you mentioned, like I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like you who um, they may not even realize they're, you know, that their music came from an agricultural background. They just enjoy it because it sounds good now or maybe, it, yes, maybe yeah. his, it tells a good story or makes them feel nostalgic or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm guilty of that to my to some degree myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't mention blues, but I, I really like blues music generally as well. And I, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I also specifically specifically know. You know, the historical links there between you know working in the field and those kind of worker songs there. Right. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So t- kind of you know starting off our our uh, conversation about where you know where the agricultural ties are for you know for music overall, but especially the, the types of genres we've been talking about, um, you know, it actually, surprisingly enough, starts with blues music. So, you know, the the folk music we already talked about is directly linked back to agricultural field workers. Blues has a very similar link in, in American culture, though. So mm-hmm. a lot of the field workers, you know, a lot of the um, the, the slaves and, and other people who were who were you know, working in, in the southern fields, they developed songs that were about how hard their lives were and about how, you know, how rough, you know, their their state of, of being was and that kind of stuff and how you know how scared they were and so like the the songs like like old like original blues songs are incredibly deep and 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 you know and sorrowful and sor- sorrowful mm-hmm. and so like they're they're really really good songs and that's why they were so attractive to people and that's why they were you know they they created this culture of of music for um you know for african americans mm-hmm. and so as that developed you started to see that that form of music change and grow into other forms and actually branched out into a bunch of different forms of music that would later go on to become um you know rock and roll and and progressive rock and country and you know modern blues and like r&b like all these different branches of music all came from blues which came from the field workers yes, so yeah. um in you know in, in like a long you know weird chain of events agriculture actually inspired a lot of the the most common genres of music that we appreciate today yes so i had a question that might be a bit of a tangent Mm-hmm. So just, you know, bring me back on track if it's too much of a tangent. But the impression as a British person, I mean, I like a bit of country and I've liked it more like because the band I'm currently in with other people, uh, it's kind of an Americana band. 
So I've, I've kind of started listening to it a bit more. But my the impression is a kind of generic. I think most pre, pe- people in Britain would see country very much as a, the white genre and potentially, mm-hmm. tell me if I'm off mic, a little bit of a racist genre sometimes. I think that there's a stereotype about Southerners with like Confederate flags. And obviously blues has very much a black history and black present still. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I, I sometimes wonder to... Obviously, the history of the blues is goes right through country music. Do right. I don't know. I don't know if you know anything about the country scene or people who are into country generally. I don't know if you're into it massively yourself, but do a lot of these people see that link, or, or am I just being completely unfair calling country music fans a bunch of racists? I'm sure that's a massive overgeneralization, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? There feels like there's a bit of a weird tension there. But sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but it just it just kind of struck me there when you're talking about it. <laughs> No, that that's that's entirely fair, and and you you're right in terms of the stigma, but the there there's a, a, a massive misconception with country music and country singers. So, mm-hmm. and that's even you know that's even true you know not not just in the UK but in in the United States. You know, country music is is heavily popular, but a lot of people who who don't like country don't like it for a lot of those reasons. Either mm-hmm. they don't like the idea that it's it's you know tied to people who are actively involved in agriculture. They don't like they don't like. Basically, like like you said, like they imagine somebody who listens to country as being like a like a southerner kind of redneck, you know, like yes, um, yeah, just like non civilized person, or they or they just don't like the country music because it's just not something that can relate to them. And so, but the common misconception about that is they blame all of that on songs that are tied to those to those stigmas yes. but those songs are kind of you know few and far in between they're out there you know there's definitely songs that yeah. are are inherently racist but i would say that that's that's going to be present in a lot of different genres of music especially you know music that's, that's based on older music yes yeah, yeah and so i would say modern country has evolved into something that's more pop than country it doesn't really withhold the same standards that the older country did mm-hmm. and older country didn't really handle the Older country wasn't necessarily about the people as much as it was about the story. So, you know, people who who listen to country, they listen to country for the story. They didn't listen to it for a message of any kind or, or because they, you know, they enjoy this mentality of, you know, of, of oppressing others or anything like that. Country music was entirely built around the story of people who who lived hard, you know, hard lives in, on the Western Front. You know, it was it was founded in stories of, you know, cowboys chasing down cattle that got away and getting trampled or or people losing their farms and having to face their families afterwards or, you know, in some like, you know, there's there's country love stories that are all about, you know, trying to impress, you know, the, the girl of your dreams or whatever and, and you have to like you basically it's like an entire like most of the songs are about like working you know working hard to try to, to try to impress this girl you know, like very very few of them had anything to do with anything outside of yes. the country lifestyle yes, yeah. and so the 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 roots of those stories are mostly based off of the you know the country lifestyle and less about the history of you know the the like the southern lifestyle mm-hmm. because a lot of them you have to keep you have to keep in mind too Country is considered a westernized style of music, and like like you know that like you said, that could be interpreted as being like a white you know white person's music, or it could be interpreted as being like a Western United States style music. And Western United States wasn't really part of the Civil War; it wasn't a it wasn't a a Southern based 
uh, style of music. And while they listen to country down in, you know, down to the south, their country is very different than like Californian based country or, right. you know, the country that they would be listened to like in like Montana, for example, like, you know, the, the genres are different, you know, and a lot of country music um, that I listen to at least is based around, you know, like, like the cowboy days kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's a lot more like uh, 1800s westernized right. and, and, and less focused on, you know, like the, like the slavery aspect of things and more on the, you know, breaking horses and, and, you know, working cattle and, you know, uh, like working till the sun comes down and like, you know, sweating every, every inch of your, of your body off yes, and, you yeah. know, like, like the hard work that, that made country an enjoyable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that, w- I would say that, that, that that's kind of where the stigma comes from is that people don't look at country as if it's a storytelling mechanic. Yeah. They look at it more as if it's a symbol of, of the history of the Southern, you know, demographic. Yes. Yeah. I see that. And it's, it's, it's interesting what you say about the difference between, I guess you've got like Appalachian. Is that how you pronounce it? Everyone pronounces mm-hmm. it differently, and I'm never sure. Appalachian. Appalachian. There we go. I used to say it like that, and then someone told me it was Appalachian, so I changed <laughs> it. So I know that you obviously got your deep south, you got your Appalachian, and as you said, mm-hmm. Montana, California, probably quite different scenes, whatever, of, of country music. And it's so easy to forget that as a British person that the United States is incredibly big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I think it's it's a thing that people always say, you know, in in America, if a building is 100 years old, it's a very old building, and in Europe, a hundred miles is a long way, um, and it's totally true. Right. Um, and I guess, yeah, obviously, now that you say it, obviously, Wyoming compared to California, that's a, you know, if I travelled that far from where I am currently, I'd be in the middle of France, um, and obviously, they would have totally right. different scenes. And yeah, so when I was speaking before about this kind of Confederate flag waving kind of stereotype, yeah, obviously, now when you put it that way, obviously, and obviously, once you spell out the history. You know, it's a complete unfair generalization, and I totally do see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, um, yeah, no, and, and that's that's a natural reaction because you know that, like you said, it, it is. You know, that's that's kind of the knee jerk reaction for people who even you know grew up around country singers and, and country you know listeners. Like, I mean, I grew up in a town that's you know that's it's very agriculturally based, and like you you know any farm you go to, they're gonna be playing country music in the background for the workers mm-hmm. and people who didn't grow up around that they have that same knee-jerk reaction of you know oh the people who listen to the song are are either you know they're backwards hicks or they're racist or they're confederate flag rate you know waving whatever like you know they have these these generalizations which you know there are some out there i'm not going to deny that you know there are people who who listen to country that are that are you know that that believe those things that that you know are are terrible and, and should be condemned and there are some who you know, don't like, actually, I know, I, I wouldn't say I personally know, but I know of people that, um, are more of like the Confederate flag waving type people and they absolutely despise country. Like they think country is an insult to the country, you know, to the, to oh, wow. the Western lifestyle. They listen yeah. to, you know, rap or, 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 um, you know, they listen to, uh, rock and roll or they listen to, well, but that's because they don't see music as an expression of themselves. They see it as something to listen to. You know, they, they don't, they don't see music as a reflection of their own lives or, or as a reflection of their history or their, you know, anything like that. Like they're not the type of people who listen to a song and they, and they feel something, you know, emotional come out of it. They listen to a song because they want to they want to have something playing in the background of what they're whatever they're doing right right, right. and that so that that comes to be an important part of it too like mm-hmm. yeah like most most country and i'm, I'm excluding modern country in most cases because modern country has kind of lost this element but most country is meant to be interpreted as kind of like a campfire story you know mm-hmm. that's that's the entire purpose behind it is to tell a story of some some great thing that happened or some terrible thing that happened and what that person went through to, to get through that mm-hmm. other side yeah, yeah 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 and that's definitely a very folk thing as well isn't it um, right. And specific, I mean, it's such a cliche that, you know, Scottish and Irish folk in particular is either about drinking a lot, someone dying, or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're usually quite, 
even when the, you know it's a happy melody or something like that, it could be quite. It, it's mm-hmm. usually quite sad. It's quite depressing. But I guess it does come back to that kind of. It's a they're working class songs, and you know, you go back a few right. hundred years, pretty much invariably, if you were working class, you did not have a good life. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it is that link back to that storytelling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, in my opinion, some of the best songs that like or some at least some of my favorite songs my favorite genres are storytelling type music so that's why i love folk music so much is because the the, the storytelling aspect of it is so interesting to me mm-hmm. and like i i see a lot of similarities between folk music and country music and in and, and the ways that they were developed and the stories that they tell and kind of the the hardships that are seen between the two sides mm-hmm. like they may be you know halfway across the world from each other but they're going through the same things and you know again again that's because they're they're founded in that idea of like you said like they're they're the working class song mm-hmm. you know they're they're built around the idea of life is hard and you're probably not gonna get through it but you might as well try anyways kind of thing and so it's you know it's it's really like for me it's you know as you know growing up in a working class family that was kind of something that i resonated with quite a bit growing Mm up yeah 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 so i'm quite curious on um some songs i wonder if you there's some songs that you're thinking of that you particularly like that i might know of um there's a good chance i don't but um because i can think of a few songs that like for example english or british folk songs that i've heard done by I think maybe more bluegrass musicians, but I, I'm still not clear upon the difference mm-hmm. of bluegrass and country. I know that there's, there's a difference there, but there's a few. Sp- there is. A, it's, yeah. it's slight, but um, so I'm um, quite curious. Like any songs or artists. Sorry, I, I don't mean to turn this around. It's like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, I think that. So a lot of what I've been listening to lately, just because it's been kind of. And this is before it even blew up on the internet. This is something that I was just been genuinely interested in. Were like like more like sea shanty style music, you know, which is yes. is is obviously a lot more, you know, it's it's less agricultural base and more um, kind of like you know out on the ships kind of base. Yes, yeah. But a lot of the stories of like the you know like like the like the old sailors and that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff interested me a lot. And I, I do like the you know the 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 more um, uh, like like the. What, what's what i'm looking for kind of like the field worker type folk music too but i, I, I like uh what was the band that i was listening to um celtic thunder would be like okay. one that I've, I've listened to a lot lately yes yeah, yeah. um so I, I like a lot of their music i'm not sure if they're considered like a like a i'm not sure what level of you know folk they're considered you know because i know that they sing a lot of you know westernized music too and so i i know that they're, not all their stuff is folk obviously and some of it's just like kind of like irish drinking song kind of stuff yes, but yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, but I, I do like some of their music. Um, a, a lot, a lot of what I've been listening to lately has been more sea shanty based and, and less folk based. So I'd have to go back well, and see what so, uh, what folk bands. Yeah, are yeah. Say, so, but. so sea shanty. I mean, sea shanties. All right. So I just want to make it clear first. This is kind of my little plug. I did a video about sea shanties on my music channel the other day. So oh, nice. I mean, it's it's a long one. So if people want to go through it, that's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So yeah. sea shanties generally. So technically, a sea shanty is a work song. Um, but now mm-hmm. when we talk about it, when anyone talks about it, and when you see it on TikTok saying hashtag sea shanty, um, that's not really technically a sea shanty because most of them aren't working songs. Um, so right. the one that was really big at the mo- well, recently is uh, the Weller Man. Um, well, technically, yep. it's not really a, a sea shanty. It's a folk song. So th- there really is kind of no difference there. There's there's no real difference between a okay. sea shanty and a folk song there. Um, huh. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think sea shanties as a kind of term that what you know the way we talk about now i think they're great songs that kind of acapella vocal yeah um, and they're great songs mm-hmm. great melodies and so melodically i'm not going to obviously get into music theory but melodically they're very similar to what you would hear in a 
kind of Scottish, Irish or English folk song, similar kind of cadences, mm -hmm. similar rhythms. Um, we just kind of call right. anything. If you hear if you hear a folk song that's about the sea, we call it a sea shanty. That's kind of how it works these days. Um, right. But yeah, huh. no, I, I, I don't blame you for yeah. listening to sea shanties. They're, they're great. Yeah, see, and sea shanties were kind of my because I, I grew up like, you know, you know, I was kind of one of those kids that grew up loving all the different like, you know, cultural heroes, as they call them. So like, you know, for Western, excuse me, for Western cultures, it was cowboys for Japanese cultures. It was, you know, samurai and ninjas for, um, you know, like, all, like there's like all the different types of like for, for you know, for more like English cultures, it was like knights, you know, for like, uh, like the, the Spanish cultures, it was it was pirates and that kind of stuff. So like, you know, all the different, you know, yes. hero okay. cultures or like cultural heroes. So I grew up like loving all of that stuff and so i studied pirates you know pretty pretty thoroughly and that's what kind of like initially got me into sea shanties but it wasn't until like a year ago that i started like listening to them mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they blew up on on the internet and i was like well that's a little less special now i'm you know i listen to sea shanties and everyone thinks i'm just following trends when i really just like the music yes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well i mean i've I, I i sound like a bit of a hipster here but i've been into them for a few years a few <laughs> years now and people used to uh yeah they didn't mock me for it but it was a kind of like condescending oh jacob and his sea shanties but now i kind of feel like my moment has come you know it's every, everyone finally <laughs> sees the light um but yeah yeah no, that's awesome <laughs> so kind of uh you know, switching back, switching gears back towards the, um, you know, the, the, the tie to agriculture, you mm -hmm. know, because the, the sea shanty stuff, you know, is, as, as, as great as is starting to get a little, a little ways away from the land, quite literally. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's tying back to the, um, like what we're talking about with the, uh, like the more progressive agriculture or uh, progressive, um, rock and how it ties back to agriculture. Like I mentioned, the, you know, the, the roots of all, or I shouldn't say all, but most Western music comes from blues, you know, that, that, that original, you know, working, you know, field song blues later transformed into rock and roll. It transformed into um, country, you know, it kind of it, like, like blues, like, like the original. And as it went, it just popped off into a bunch of different stuff, it even created rap technically. And like the first, the first rap song was a blues song. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's just a lot of ties back to that, you know, that agricultural working song. And so uh, obviously like as, as history went on, there was a lot of changes that caused other, you know, genres to form. So like world war two was a big contributor to uh, rock and roll becoming a thing and rock and rolls, um, you know, progression through the ages was, was kind of what gave it its, you know, it's um, like it's big name, like the seventies and eighties. And it started to split off into, like you said, progressive rock and then indie rock started to come out a little bit later. And like, um, now there's just, you know, like there's more modern rock and classic rock. And so like, you know, so there's all kinds of different branches just from rock and roll itself, which rock and roll is supposed to be kind of like a more energized version of blues. That's especially, that's the kind of how it's, how it's been described by like musical theorists and that, and that sort of thing from what I understand. And, yeah. and then like country's kind of off on its own thing and country has its own like subset of, of genres you have like you know uh, country rock you have you know um, country blues you have you know uh, cowboy country versus you know campfire country versus like there's all kinds of different like even you know it's kind of similar to folk there's like there's even like drinking country versus party country versus working right, country yeah, you know, yeah. there's different <laughs> there's different subgenres of of country which all stems back from you know from the blues mm -hmm. and so it's kind of, you know, people don't even tend to realize a lot of their favorite songs, like people, you know, hate rap and they love, or they hate country and they love rap. Country and rap came, you know, they had the same father. They came from the same place and they tell a lot of the same stories mm -hmm. just with different contexts. Yes, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like there's only, there's only a handful of stories to tell in the world, really, aren't there? And really, mm -hmm. once you see enough films or you've heard enough songs or whatever, you start to realize, you know, it's pretty much the same story. And whichever situation a person or a culture is in, 
they're going to face very similar kind of things. And it's what, as you say, like storytelling mm-hmm. is a big part anyway, anyway of any genre. Um, but right. sorry, something when you talk about progressive rock just kind of reminded me that, I mean, I don't know how much kind of 70s progressive rock you'll know, but there's kind of different, there's obviously a, there were different, but a bunch of different bands within that. But a lot of them were very, mm-hmm. um, even quite directly pastoral, which isn't necessarily the same as agricultural, but there was always that mm-hmm. kind of, not always, but with some of the bands. So I'm mainly thinking of, and I don't know if you'll know these names necessarily, but Genesis, when because when they, early on they were mm-hmm. progressive rock rather than pop band. Um, and then you've got someone like Mike Oldfield. I'm not sure if you've heard of him mm. before. Um, I've heard the name, but I'm not... Familiar. So he's famous for Tubular Bells, which is the, the music that was used in oh, The okay. Exorcist. That's what he's most famous for. But oh. he did a few He did a few like fully instrumental albums that are very, very pastoral. They sound... It's quite consciously supposed to sound like the English countryside. And that's not necessarily agricultural, mm. but it's, you know, it has that link to it. And you, I was actually listening to it, coincidentally, today, uh, a Mike Oldfield album. And... It literally sounds like what you would imagine. It's almost fantastical. What you were saying before about like knights and that kind of European ideal. Mm-hmm. It has that feel. You can just kind of feel it kind of eke out from, from the album. Um, yeah. And I guess some of it for me, you know, like folk music as well. It, I don't know. It can, Sometimes you can feel it's almost looking back with rose-tinted glasses sometimes as well. I know we were saying that, you know, a lot yeah. of it's about hard you know hard life and working hard and like the the struggle mm-hmm. of working class people but some of it is with rose tinted glasses isn't it it's an idealized version of the past um I'm, i don't mm-hmm. have a sophisticated or clever point to make from that other than like oh yeah that that's also there as well i don't know it's uh yeah it's weird <laughs> well i think it's also <laughs> yeah i think it's also interesting because i think that you know kind of to your point we look at you know those songs and we sit like like you said with like a rose tinted glass or with, with rose tinted glasses and we're like oh yeah you know times you know yeah, they went through hardships, but you know, it was it was so you know it was so cool what they went through, and I think what it is is just we appreciate what they went through because now we don't have to go through yes. that. You know, it's yeah. like that idea of like you know we listen to those stories and like man that is awesome, but I would never want to do yes, that. Yes, and so yes. it's like you know it, it kind of like gives us like a sense of like gratitude mm-hmm. almost towards you know the people who went through that work and who wrote that mm-hmm. song to say like hey look they went through some tough stuff and and we're just like yeah they did it's a good thing we you know we're, we're like it's a good thing they did so we were safe now. Yes. And so it's like I think that that's kind of what I've noticed at least from from like the countryside of things is I love like, you know, cowboy country songs, but like I don't want to get trampled and, you know, thrown around and, you know, and, and stepped on. I have been trampled and Whoa. thrown around and stepped on by like a, you know, a cow, but I don't want to get trampled and thrown around and stepped on by a whole herd of cows like I've heard in multiple songs. And so like, you know, there's there's like this this idea of like you know, like, yeah, they went through, it's almost like, you know, it's the re- same reason we like stories is because like they go through amazing feats that we would never be able to do, but we can kind of like live, you know, live vicariously through them and kind of live through that adventure with them, even though we're not there. Yes. Yeah, totally true. And uh, again, this might be a bit of a distraction, but what is it like to be trampled on by a cow? That sounds, that sounds pretty <laughs> bad. It's not pleasant. I will, I will give you that. Um, I actually, so trampled is kind of a uh, an exaggeration i have been knocked down i've been stepped on i've been kind of kicked but i haven't been like you know it's not like I, I fell over and they ran me over you know entirely but i have been kind of i so i've uh so i used to raise cattle back in um back in high school and so um when i was raising my cattle they would occasionally just kind of you know if they were if they were bratty or if i hadn't broke them broken them in yet i would kind of like fight with them okay. and if they were smart enough or if they kind of caught me off guard they could knock me on the floor mm-hmm. Or sometimes I had one, I had one, so uh, are you familiar with like cattle terminology? Like, do you know what like a steer is? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
because not everyone okay. does. So I have to ask that before I start talking about steers, because I, you know, I start talking about steers and they're like, uh huh, uh huh, <laughs> and so I'm just like, <laughs> so I just, I just double check. But yeah, so I I used to raise steers, and so um, I had one steer smartest freaking steer i'd ever met in my entire life i i was i was i was taking him for a walk and he stepped on my foot and he like because he knew he wasn't or he thought he knew that he wasn't stronger than me and but he knew he was faster than me because he outran me quite a few times which is is pretty upsetting when you get when you get outran by a cow (laughs) but um he he stepped up he would step on my foot and then kind of like nudge me with his shoulder and he would like knock me knock me off balance wouldn't knock me down but he would knock me off balance just enough so if he ran away he knew i couldn't stop him and so he would do that just so he could get away. Didn't he didn't do anything, didn't destroy anything, he didn't try to hurt me. He just wanted to go for a run. Mm-hmm. And so I would just go in there, I would just go over there and grab his halter and catch him and take him back into his pen. But like like getting stepped on and that kind of stuff didn't hurt as bad. I had one steer that tried to drown me. He actually like shoved me into his water trough and tried to drown me. Oh, that wow. was probably the that was probably like one of the um more I wouldn't say scary, you know, I wouldn't say that was like the scariest time I've ever worked with cattle, but that was one of the more intimidating times I've worked Mm -hmm. with animals. And I've had like, I had one steer that was just, I feel so, I felt so bad for this steer. His owner was just terrible. Like she did not treat him well at all. And so he got, he became like really aggressive because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I went in there to try to calm him down and he freaked out and he like, he, he ran, he ran me into a fence and then he, you know, him and I would fight for a little while and he tried to, he tried to ram me with his, you know, he tried to, to do the whole bull thing where he sticks his head on the nose or he sticks his nose on the ground and he starts like, you know, stomping the ground and he, ch- you know, he charged after me and I was able to catch him. I finally caught him and then he stepped on my foot and ran me into a fence and then he was going to try to like do that again, but, but this time against the fence, which, which probably would have caused some serious damage. Luckily I was able to jump out of the way in time, but that was, I like, I'm pretty sure my, I, I thought my foot was broken. It turned out it was just really badly bruised, but it like, I, I couldn't walk on it for a few days. So I've had some, I've been drug around by cows before. I've like, I've, I've holding onto their halter and they take off and I fall in the dirt and they're just dragging me behind them. Like it was, it was, it was not fun, but I, I, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I like how you got to the end of that story about, you know, being bullied by these, I don't know how much they weigh, a few hundred kilogram bovine <laughs> creatures. And uh, your mm-hmm. thought is that you, you still enjoy it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah no it was, it was it was the best time of my life i mean obviously like at that time when i was getting stepped on it wasn't it wasn't the most fun yes, but yeah, like yeah. there's something about and this is a bit of a, a bit of a tangent but there's something about like i don't know how to word this like there's something about getting hurt but getting hurt in a way that means like you did something right like you know it's like doing hard work and getting hurt by it that makes you feel good you're just like man that was like it's like when you have like a, like, a, like if you're like you know let's just say like you're rock climbing you have a good mm-hmm. fall you're like yeah, that really hurt, but that, you know, it felt good because, like, you like you fell in the dirt and you're like, whoa, like, I'm alive. It's, like, it's a weird kind of, like, you know, kind of, like, reminds you, like, huh, like, I could still die, but I didn't, which is pretty yes, cool. Yeah. I mean, you definitely sound like a bit of an adrenaline junkie, um, <laughs> possibly more so than me, but I still I still get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying because um, there's two sides to it, kind of. There's the, you do right. a lot of exercise or you do something and then you're tired and aching afterwards and that's a good feeling in a way and there's mm-hmm. also the other side where you, you maybe get injured enough but not so badly that it really affects right. you and I, I totally get both sides of that um there is something about yeah as exactly as you say like yes and again it, to bring it back around to music and agriculture it's it's that connection with culture and the kind of the real mm-hmm. i'm not saying i'm not trying to like um too strongly what's the word I'm not trying to deify or say that, you know, agriculture is the most important, like the only important thing in the world, but there's, there's something not quite real about what, I, you know, I say this as someone who works in an office, 
there's something not quite real <laughs> about that on a day-to-day basis um and there's something realer mm-hmm. about a lot of other jobs and again i'm not trying to glorify right. anything in particular but when you start doing something that's more physical you know whether it is just exercise or your insane bullfighting <laughs> um <laughs> things like this yeah this yeah it, it feels real and you know it's real and your body tells you it's real because it hurts or it aches or something like that mm-hmm. um and I, yeah it comes back yeah. to that's what these folk songs are about really that's why they connect i think for me exactly that's why they connect quite deeply it's because it's real and um although you right. know sea shanties aren't agriculture you know there's fishing in there as well and it, it's a real thing they're doing mm-hmm. and it's real work and it's hard right. like yeah there's 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 real pain there and they go through real struggles and they like they're you know like you actually like when when a song can make you feel like the like the like the characters in the song mm-hmm. feel then that like that it, it does it did a good job like if you know if you're listening to a sea shanty and like you're listening to like all the crewmates getting scared of you know a shark or something or getting scared of like the like the massive waves and you get scared with them then that song mm-hmm. is doing a very good job of, of yes. its, you know of what it's supposed to do yes yeah so i so sorry, i was just, i always say about folk music <clears throat> In particular, obviously, I know whoever's singing it is actually a musician. They're not whatever they're singing about. Mm-hmm. But I want to believe that right. they are. I want to believe that they are actually right. um, a 15th century farmer or something like that. Um, <laughs> and that's that feeling of authenticity. I know it's actually some, someone in the 1980s singing in a studio. But as long as they can make me feel that, right. then I think it's a success. Um, sorry, that was my final note on right. that point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no problem. I did want to um to clarify. So, uh, just this is kind of a, a a revert back to my my like my uh my bull bully story, <laughs> but the average the average size of the eyes that I was I was fighting against were uh, about six hundred kilograms, six hundred thirty five kilograms. Yes, that's that's unbelievably huge. <laughs> so they'll they'll leave a mark on yes, you for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so I think that it's, it's also interesting to me. Another point that I was, I was curious or not curious about, but I was kind of, you know, I, I was, I was curious to hear your side on was that I think that it's almost funny that, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, country and folk have a lot of similar, you know, attributes to them. And even though they're, they're about like different stories and they're different contexts, they, they, they tell very similar messages and so like you know there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of similarities between them but i think that that's true with a lot of music you know cross-culturally you know like it, even though we have very different styles of music they're all doing very similar things and then maybe that goes back to what you were saying about you know there's only a limited amount of stories we can tell and we're just keep you know we're just retelling them all the time mm-hmm. and that's kind of like you know I, it's, it's, it's like what they say about you know um every song that can be written has already been written. You know, they're just, they're just telling it with, with a different, with a different skin on it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, every, you know, every chord composition has already been, has already been figured out and we're just using them in, in different ways now. That's why so many songs are just like, you know, like you like, you have, have like the four, you know, the four chords yes. thing where every, every song is the same four yes, chords. Yeah, yeah. But they sound um, good. So it doesn't matter. So... <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, there's just, well, I've, I've, I've said this forever, but there's something cyclical about, about our culture. You know, we just kind of like, we like to recycle everything. And then there's something cyclical about nature. So that's probably why we do that. It's just, you know, everything likes to recycle itself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found that it was interesting that, you know, even though, you know, folk music and country music or blues or rock and roll or anything like that, they're, they're obviously, you know, from entirely different cultures and, and they're from di- very different, you know, sides of the world. They are still very, very similar in a lot of ways that we tend to not think mm-hmm. about just because they don't necessarily sound the same doesn't mean they're not, you know, very similar in, in form. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but on the cyclical point, it kind of, when I said mm-hmm. before that I listened to your other episode about Star Wars, 
and agriculture. You know, we, we only have a certain amount of stories, which is why they needed to include some type of farmer in that story, because... Again, it just makes it feel real. And, you know, there's only a certain limited amount of things that you can do to contextualize a story. And that is one of you have to do that. It just does not feel right Mm -hmm. if there isn't something there that grounds that story in reality. And for them, it's moisture farming. I still don't know what that is, but uh, for them, it's moisture farming. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's it's totally. We're we're still trying to figure it out, too. (laughs) You should write a letter to George Lucas. I'm sure he knows. He'll be able to tell you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll definitely do that. But no, you're you're absolutely right. You know, there's something like whenever you're telling a story, especially if it's gonna be a world building story, like if you're gonna tell like you know, I don't like I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with like the John Wick movies or like the Kingsman movies, right? Yep. But like with like a lot of those movies, like there's no world building. It's kind of just like go go go. Like there's action, there's fighting, there's mm-hmm. you know, there's all that kind of stuff. But like with a world building story, so like Harry Potter, for like Star Wars, for you know, like things that require you to to have a better idea of the whole world, you have to have a source of food somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like. If you don't have a source of food, or if you don't have like like in Harry Potter's case, he has the ba- like like the whole like bathroom scenes. Like the fact that they show that there's actually bathrooms at this school for some reason for me that kind of makes it more realistic. It's like yeah 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 they're wizards and all, but where's the bathroom? Yes, and yeah. so like it's the weirdest thing. And but like the same thing goes for Star Wars. Like you know they have all these planets. Where are they getting their food from, and how are they transporting mm-hmm. it? And like that was like the whole point of the episode was that like you know in order to tell a good story, in order to make it realistic, you have to have things that average people would think about and that they, that they would find interesting so like for you know for me I'm, i wouldn't consider myself an average person in terms of what i look for in a movie but you know the the fact that they actually included you know certain planets that are entirely agriculturally based mm-hmm. and that they have you know uh distribution like they have like ships that can actually uh deliver those those commodities from one planet to another and they have like a whole distribution system for food and all that kind of stuff that was really really interesting to me because they took the the level of, of intricate detail to kind of bring that to the world and say hey look like we we know that this is a, a goofy like funny you know sci-fi fantasy world, but there's also a level of realism here because they still need to eat the they still need to eat the food at the end of the day mm-hmm. and they still have to have a way to get to it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So so this is getting definitely off the topic of music now, but I, I, I'll just <laughs> I'll reveal all my cards to you about how much of a complete nerd I am because I also play I, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a massive Lord of awesome. massive Lord of the Rings fan. Um, and when I was younger, awesome. particularly, I was very much into you'll probably know of it, Warhammer 40,000. Do you know that? It's like a... Oh, yeah. So, again, because I, I, I still remember, like, the world building of Warhammer 40,000. And there were, you know, it's a whole galaxy yep. inhabited by people and different aliens. And I remember, you know, in in the books, that you know, it had, like, graphics and, like, um, diagrams of the galaxy. And there were whole planets, probably whole solar systems, dedicated entirely to agriculture. And they were, you know, they're called agri-worlds. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, it's, you know, it's what you say. They put the effort in to make it, make you know that, you know, there are some planets that are just millions and millions and billions of people. So they know that, you know, mm-hmm. the food needs to come from somewhere. Um, <laughs> and in Dungeons and Dragons, so I, you know, I'm sometimes, I DM, so I'm the dungeon master sometimes. So I've created mm-hmm. these little maps and stuff. And I always... Again, because I'm a nerd, um, I I feel the need to put in where the resources are. So I need to know that, you know, this is a trade mm. route and this is where the wood comes from or something. And again, like, I need to draw that these, you know, um, agricultural irrigation uh, along this river, because obviously it's a, it's a main river and it's uh, the tributaries and the deltas here. And maybe there's a bit of salt panning here or something like that. And um yeah, I mean, That's probably awesome. says more about how nerdy I am, but also you do need to do that to world building. It does need to feel real. Um, and I think it's true whether it's mm-hmm. music, sci-fi or fantasy or just a normal film. Um, 
even mm-hmm. Disney films do it. I think you need you need to have that. You mm-hmm. don't need to have it because John Wick doesn't, for example, do it. But if you're going to do something <laughs> a bit more ambitious from that world building point of view, yeah, you do. You need to throw it in. Uh, it just feels empty without it, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 what makes a living yeah, world. Absolutely, I think. and. and- yeah. So no, you're you're exactly right, and that's something that I've been trying to you know get across, and you know, and for a long time I've been analyzing a lot of different types of movies that you know they they bring agriculture in, and it doesn't seem like a significant part of it. But like like I had an episode on another uh, podcaster's show uh, called Geekology One Hundred and One. I don't know if you if you've heard them at all, but um, okay. So I was on an episode of theirs, and we were talking about agriculture in pop culture. Mm-hmm. So you know, movies, video games, and I think. What was the other one? I think it was movies, video games. I don't remember what else we talked about. But basically, we talked about, um, you know, The Martian, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and we talked about Wally a little bit. We talked about um, The Good Dinosaur. Like, we talked about a bunch of different types of movies and how they all had agriculture directly tied into them. And the agriculture played a lot more of a role than people tended to, to notice. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just that, oh, yeah, there's a farm in the background. It's that, like, when well, when, when that farm burned, that had a ripple effect that affected the main character in this mm-hmm. way. And so it was like, you know, not only are these... And maybe that's not... They're not doing it intentionally because there's, a, you know, there's something to be said about whenever a storyteller is telling a story, they say things that they don't intentionally mean to to be significant, but they end up being significant because, you know, there's the whole thing of like you don't tell us, you know, you don't you don't you don't write a story. A story comes to you and you're just the you're just the, the vessel for it, basically. Like, you know, you like you don't come up with stories. Stories come up to you and you basically just like tell them, you know, so. There's something about that that kind of shows that, like, you know, all of the stories that we that we hold near and dear to our hearts that are like, you know, good stories are usually based or not. I, I wouldn't say based, but they have some kind of roots in agriculture somewhere. They have some kind of connection to, you know, to to the earth, to, you know, to the field, to the land and to, you know, to the food. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know. I, I will say like the 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 nerdiness is, is always welcome on my show because we always talk about you know nerdy stuff on here. Obviously, we had a whole episode about Star yes. Wars, but like um, I've had episodes in the past where we talk about all kinds of different like weird stuff. I'm actually I'm I'm considering doing an episode on uh, like card games. So like I, I recently learned okay. how to play like Magic the Gathering, um, and I grew up playing Yu Gi Oh and, and that kind of stuff. Like I like I play you know like Pokemon card game with my with my girlfriend's brothers and that kind of stuff. And so like. You know, those games, like, people people tend to not think about agriculture in terms of those either, but there actually is an aspect of agriculture involved in mm-hmm. those, too. And so, like, actually, I'm I'm attempting to build a, a magic deck that's entirely based around agriculture, which I found out is, is actually possible. Somebody did it. It's, like, a farming deck, and it's literally just, it's all green. There's a bunch of, like, scarecrows and stuff like that. They can farm resources and use them to benefit your your creatures that are all, like, like cows and sheep and stuff, and they just, like, buff them up. And it's, it's super, you know, it's, it's just a meme deck, yes, but it's super yeah, funny, yeah. and I want to do it. But some, sometimes, but, sometimes you, know, you just need to embrace the meme, don't you? Um, yeah. So I, I also play I play Warhammer Total War Two, which is a strategy game, uh-huh. and I, I, I don't necessarily go for the agriculture build, but I will go for the meme build. I will do that. I, you know, you need a theme sometimes, and yeah, you know, you got agriculture. That's that's cool. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So I I think that you know just like seeing how deeply tied it is into everything just kind of shows that like you know no matter how hard we try to get away from it it's always going to be part of us just because it's, you know it's it's our food mm-hmm. you know it's it's our source of food it's our source of work it's where most of our families came from at, at one point in our lives you know that's just kind of you can't get away from from food or from you know from from the land mm-hmm. or from earth like, you know because you know, this is our home and it is how we how we how we sustain ourselves and so 
that that was something that was always really interesting to me in terms of like addressing it from the music perspective from the um you know from from the movie perspective from the video game perspective everything that you know if you want to tell a good story if you want to you know connect to your audience you have to make it realistic and there's nothing more realistic than food mm. yes yeah yeah i totally agree i do totally agree uh, i was just quite curious do you have like any film that you would recommend as like actually doing a really good job of portraying not necessarily real agriculture but it could be you know sci-fi again but mm. something that really kind of delves more or is more revolved around it i guess i'm quite curious so i have been um so i did an episode on the martian and the yes, martian yeah, is, true. is i don't know if i have actually yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so that is kind of one of my go-to like you know this movie is way more about agriculture than people think it is like like obviously like you're like oh yeah he had a farm that's cool no 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 that farm was like what kept him alive the entire time he was on mars and there's like a lot of comments he makes about you know um how you how whenever you actually like grow land on 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 or whenever you grow food on land or whenever you cultivate you know land that you've you you officially colonized it and that's how he became the first martian was he colonized mars by growing food mm -hmm. on it and so like you know there's a lot to be said about agriculture and society and all that kind of stuff i think martian I think The Martian does an incredible job of portraying agriculture in movies, and it does an incredible job of showing how significant agriculture is mm -hmm. in terms of society and just like human life and all that kind of stuff. And like all the, and it also shows the 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 level of science that goes into agriculture too. It's not just hard work. There's a lot of you know technical stuff that goes into it as well that often gets overlooked. Mm -hmm. And the other one I would say would be um, the the kids' movie Wall-E. Wall-E is a fantastic movie for agriculture. Right. Yeah, yeah. because you know obviously they all leave earth and it's it, it was commonly believed that the reason they left earth is because earth got too polluted and they couldn't breathe anymore i'm pretty sure the reason they couldn't breathe is because they didn't have any oxygen because there were no plants anywhere on, on the on the planet yes yeah, and yeah. so it's not until like they you know they're gone for for hundreds of years and it's not until they figure out that they can grow food again that they decide to come back and when they come back and grow food it restores the planet to its proper health again and so that like like the entire story is supposed to be like you know don't pollute the earth and don't you know don't uh, let capitalism take over and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but in reality the story they told is that without agriculture the planet dies yes. and so it, and not not just the planet dies but like humanity is also kind of screwed without it so and and there's there's a, a really and like culture as well because you know it's not just yeah they're, they're, they're not mm -hmm. just spacefaring unfit people they're they're kind of cultureless aren't they mm -hmm. and they they just they're lost exactly yeah. no it's a good point I, I i didn't really draw that connection but now you say it it's really it's quite obvious actually <laughs> um it's central to the film <laughs> and that's kind of the fun thing i always you know i talk to people and I'm, i i bring this stuff up and they're like oh that actually makes a lot more mm -hmm. sense like and i don't do it just to kind of like you know to, to call it out it's like how did you not notice this it's like you know it's, it's just something that i've noticed over time just because i've become more and more aware mm -hmm. of it and when i bring it to their attention they're like oh and like you said about the culture thing you know agriculture is you know has culture in the word it's literally you know it's, it's heavily associated with being the origin of a lot of different types mm -hmm. of cultures i mean how much um how much art is is you know based off of agriculture yes. how much you know obviously we, we already talked about the music aspect of things how much you know um like uh like literature and you know and sculptures and all that kind of stuff are based off of agriculture mm. you know most most belief systems have had some kind of god based around agriculture mm. you know they have an entire god based around agriculture like that's if that doesn't tell you that culture is, is yes, heavily rooted yeah. in our food then i don't know what yes, will yeah, yeah no i totally agree so i i was gonna say if if i may I'll, i can i just ask you if you've seen two films that i think actually now that you've said it all yeah. the thoughts yeah, all sure. the thoughts are like percolating down <laughs> my head so have you seen the film it's a silly film but it's idiocracy have you seen that I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet. So you might want to watch that. That's quite interesting. I don't want to spoil it, but okay. agriculture and the kind of, um, yes, that 
it's it's based in the future, so I'm, I'm not really I'm, I'm being careful mm-hmm. not to spoil, it, but it's based in the future and um, it's it's still based in America and the the future's kind of inability to properly um, maintain agriculture is a key part of the film and it's the key the key kind of turning point and the thing that it kind of revolves around. Um, I, de- I definitely don't want to spoil it, so I won't go into it anymore. But it's a um, it's it's a silly film in many. I mean, it's called Idiocracy. It's quite silly, but I enjoy it. I think it's a fun film. It's it's funny and I enjoy it. Huh. Um, and the second one is uh, the Seven Samurai. Have you seen that? Oh, okay. So that's another one I've heard of. But I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. You know. But you have you have you seen um, A Bug's Life? I have. Mm-hmm. Basically the same thing. In fact, I think A Bug's Life. Okay. I think it's consciously uh, based on Seven Samurai. And um, huh. Bugs Life, agriculture. It's actually, yeah. it, again, I never thought about it, but now you say it, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's so important to the film. And <laughs> and it can, that kind of comes back to the folk song and the whole um, peasant revolt kind of thing, actually, because that's kind of what it is. It's a peasant revolt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not folk music, but it's a film about that. Um, yeah. Oh, my God, all these connections. I'm, this is I've never, <laughs> never in my life, because I, lo- I love the film Seven Samurai. And I, obviously, I like Bugs Life as well. Mm-hmm. I think Pixar films generally are great. Seven Samurai, though, is a brilliant film. And it similarly has uh, agriculture, maybe not quite as central as Bugs Life, but it's still, it's in there. And it's a great film. I think mm-hmm. you should watch it anyway. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, and that makes a really good point about how, you know, not just agriculture like it's not just like movies are connected to agriculture but like you said you know that that movie is basically a you know it, it's a full length folk song you know it's, it's yes. basically just like you know it takes the like the common themes that we see in a lot of like work, working class music and you know in folk music and that kind of stuff and turns it into like a full length colored you know colored film mm-hmm. and so that just kind of shows that, like all of our you know all of our cultures all of our different types of art and expression and all kinds of stuff are deeply tied together because like you said we only have a certain number of stories we mm-hmm. can tell we just have to keep telling them in different you know with different skins on them basically mm-hmm. and so and they all seem to have some kind of root based back in in agriculture at, at some point because i'm not sure if that has to do with the food aspect of it or just the working class aspect of it you know just because a lot of working families originated in you know in agricultural work and as they you know developed they got away mm-hmm. from that but it seems like every you know, every bit of culture that we, you know, we can we consider valuable has roots in either agriculture or working class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally true. You're you're blowing you're blowing my mind a bit here. Actually, it's kind of strange. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was that was the goal. So I'm glad I was able to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I think that that's a I think that's a good, a, a pretty good um pretty good place for for that conversation um i don't know if you had any, any other points you wanted to bring up I, I, see, any other questions. I see now the way it works you wait until i say that my mind is blown and then you say it's time to wrap up i it's it's very smart <laughs> it's very good i i get it now i see the game you're playing <laughs> no no no. What, what it is i just give myself an hour to blow your mind and if i don't do it then i end the episode oh, well well you did it you, you did it <laughs> well done that was that was well done actually um perfect so yeah, I recommend I re- recommended some films, but you know I'm here to talk about music. I would like to recommend a song or two. Um, so yeah, definitely for me when 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 we discuss talking on this podcast, and you said you know music, we said you know music and agriculture is a good link. To me, there's a, there's a, an English folk song called John Barleycorn, which hmm. it's I, I have. Do you know that song? Have you heard it before? I think I might have heard of it but i can't think for life me think of how it goes it's a great song so the best version it's done by tons of people my personal favorite version is by a band called traffic which is not a very interesting name for a band but it's a great version of the song um and again spoil i don't want to spoil it for you but it's basically 
um, about farming. I mean, I mean, it literally just describes farming all the way through the song, and it still manages to be. I mean, in the most basic terms as well. It's not like a general cultural kind of big picture view that it describes. It literally just describes the process of farming. But there's kind of a, it's, there's a big long metaphor throughout it, and you get to the end, and it's a great song, really, really great. Um, and another one was more to, towards that kind of working song. Um, it's called the Workers' Song, and I can't remember who wrote it originally. But the the, okay. the more famous version is by a Scottish folk singer called um, Dick Gowan. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But it's it's, it's an odd one. Okay. So the, the surname is spelled G A U H A N. And this one is is more towards that kind of it's more of a peasant revolt kind of song. And the whole album it's from is very much folk agriculture kind of themed. And it's a great album, some really great songs. He's a great singer, wow, and a great guitar player. So yeah, I, w- I would just like to leave you with those recommendations because I, I I really think you've you've got <laughs> yeah. me even more excited for folk music now. Um, and now I've yeah, I've got to no, probably awesome. go through my uh, discography of music I like and just try to like work out where these agricultural links are, and they're probably everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they are, as if as you'll you'll find just as I did, you'll kind of you know spin yourself down a hole trying to find all of them, and you'll just be like every everywhere you look, you're gonna see agriculture tied into it somehow. You're like, wait, there's agriculture in in harry potter now there's agriculture and like you're just, you're just gonna look at every you're gonna look at lord of the rings and be like there's a farm there <laughs> hey look if if i'm in five if in five years i've become a farmer then i know who's responsible it's it's entirely down to you um, i didn't plan a career change but it might be just it just might be on the books um let's see uh, it, it'll it'll take us all at some point uh. But no, that's awesome. Actually, now that I think about it, the reason I had heard of John Balcorn, I think, is because you had recommended it before, like when we were talking about oh, right. yes. agriculture music. I think you had mentioned it, and maybe that's why I heard of yes. it. So I don't think I've heard of it before that. So I'll definitely go give those a listen because, as we talked about, I, I do love folk music, so I'm always looking for yes, yeah. for new songs. Yeah, I, I think that one in particular, it's so. it's it's a genuine, it's a treat of a song. I can't describe it any other way. I just find it, it's a it's a complete treat. It's a great song. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, for any of our listeners that are also interested in our in our uh, musical and, and movie tastes and they can go check these out too and and respond and, and let you know let us know what, what they thought about the about all of it and if they if they found their own agricultural connections yeah yeah that would be good to hear so awesome well i think unless you have anything else you wanted to add or, or ask or anything like that, that i think that's kind of a good uh, yeah that, a good stop yeah yeah totally i agree um i've got nothing to say other than thank you for having me on it was a, it was a really great chat yeah yeah yeah, no, definitely. You know, thanks for having. You know, thanks for coming on. It's, it's it's been a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed the the conversation and blowing your mind is always a good time. <laughs> um, but before we close out, I would like to give you the opportunity to go ahead and uh, remind everyone who you are and where they can find you and all of your stuff. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So my name is Jacob. That's kind of unimportant. My uh, you'll find me online <laughs> called Big Yellow Praxis, um, and I do a podcast about music. It's called Underrated Slash Overhated. Um, and it's about music that is underrated that I think people should listen to. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll be linking all your stuff down in the description and I'll be sharing around your, your stuff so that way people can find you and, and check you out. I know I'll be listening to your, your podcast cause I'm definitely interested in music and, and what you have to say about some of the, you know, underrated slash overhated songs in, in the world. So I think that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you so much for, you know, for joining me, Jacob. It was, it was definitely a good time and I hope to have you back on sometime to talk about some more ag stuff and some more music. Yeah. And, uh, I think that, I think yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be so, great. um, 
<laughs> awesome. So yeah, thanks, you know, thanks again so much for joining me. Thanks to all my listeners for tuning in and always, you know, supporting this podcast and everything. And make sure you go follow Jacob and all of his stuff and I'll link all that down in the description. You can go follow me on all my stuff and you already, you guys already know how to find all that. Um, but don't forget, if you wait today, thank a farmer. Mm-hmm.